Welcome to the Shockwave Therapy Podcast. My name is James Woolwich, Osteopath and Clinical Director at the Abbeyfields Clinic in Suffolk. We will be trying to demystify the concept of shockwave treatment whilst bringing together experts in their field to discuss the latest research. If you are deciding on whether to add this modality into your clinic or just improve the way you deliver it, then we hope this is the podcast for you. Welcome to our eighth podcast. Today we are joined by Carsten Knobloch, one of the world's uh, most well-known lecturers and researchers on the subject of shockwave. He's currently the head of communication for the ISMST. So today we'll be talking a little bit about the conference upcoming in Europe this year. We'll also be discussing uh, safety aspects of shockwave alongside how we differentiate energy levels amongst different devices, focused and radial, and his thoughts on that. Um, And we'll be just discussing Storz's new a magnetolith, an EMTT device, and how he blends that with uh, a shockwave service. Um, he's certainly one of the most entertaining and prolific lecturers I've ever come across. So if anyone has an opportunity to listen to him talk, uh, I suggest you do so. So we're really looking forward to what he has to say today. Thanks, Carsten. Hi, Carsten. Welcome welcome to my podcast this evening. Um, welcome. It's been welcome, a, it's been It's been hard work tracking you down because you're just such a rock star and you're too busy. So if right, you, for, and Corona and Corona is uh, <laughs> yeah. as well. So. so if you could just for everyone who hasn't hasn't heard of you, which would be very rare, can you just give everyone a quick summary about <laughs> you and your uh, impressive shockwave career so far? So actually, I'm a German physician. I'm a board certified surgeon in general surgery, in plastic and hand surgery, in. Um, emergency medicine and in sports medicine and I was working in a university hospital in Hanover until 2012 for 12 years and then moved to a private practice in in December 2012 and the private practice is focusing on non-operative treatments for tendons for muscles and for osteoarthritis as well as for hand surgery and uh, as far as shockwave is concerned i started shockwave myself in 2006 when i was still a um, in the university hospital and i took a course uh, like everybody else and bought a machine for university purposes and started in plastic and aesthetic surgery with the shockwaves in 2006 that's how i started sure okay and in in your your particular interest in the ismst um your your head of communication now aren't you as well as a certified instructor um so there, there's a there's a conference we might as well talk about that quickly now because given the coronavirus that you yeah. still expected to have the conference this year i think it's in vienna is it yeah, so actually uh, the situation in the moment is that we have the World Conference on Shockwaves from the ISMST in Vienna end of June. Okay. Uh, and actually la- yesterday the authorities in Austria, the medical authorities, have postponed all medical meetings or gatherings of 25 plus people medical professionals in Austria until mid-April in the moment. Okay. So so everything until mid-April is cancelled. Right. And we do not know in this very moment uh, whether this will be prolonged and how it will develop. So as of now, we are still 
doing everything for preparation. Abstract submission is still open until March uh, 21st. So you can still uh, think on submitting things on the ismst.com webpage for consideration. And uh, as of now, we are in close contact nearly every second day. However, as of now, we plan to have it have it uh, done in, uh, in June in Vienna. Okay. And for, for, for people um, that are not quite aware of the ISMST, could you, could you just, um, I don't know, give, give some idea of what, what the reason would be for us to attend um, and what we would get out of it? So the, the ISMST is the International Society for Musculoskeletal Shockwave Therapy. It is founded in 97 and it is the only and the largest world uh, society on shockwaves. So all national societies like our German DGS, like the Dutch uh, societies and so on, are under the umbrella of the ISMST. And if you are keen on having up-to-date, cutting-edge information uh, well before publication actually, before a full paper is usually there is uh, there are lectures and then you will have the chance to get to the annual meeting and this time it uh, will hopefully be, be in vienna next year it will be in prague in czech and the year after it will be in seoul so if you are from the uk uh, in terms of travel uh, vienna and prague this year next year are quite easy to access and to seoul you have to fly some eight, eight, nine hours from London Heathrow. So it is a very, very good chance. And you see, it is not that often that we come to Europe with this international conference because last year we were in Beijing and yeah. the year before in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. So, and we will have nine different sessions uh, covering, for example, shockwaves in sexual medicine, shockwaves in sport orthopedics, shockwaves. Uh, for physiotherapists only. There is a session on the anniversary of the German Shockwave Society, which uh, now counts 25 years this year. Uh, we will have a very nice sport uh, medicine session with the Red Bull uh, physician, who is the chief physician of Red Bull Salzburg, who are playing Champions League, as you might know. Right. Um, and so it is. it will be hopefully very nice. And we will have both a certification course for physicians and a certification course for the first time for non-physicians, uh, eight hours, uh, a full day of shockwave uh, practice uh, in Vienna. So um, it is worth considering it, I would say. Okay, all right. And that's all on the .com website that you can join and so forth right, and get tickets. Right, okay. ismst.com is, uh, is the webpage and you can see everything from the hotel, from the program, from scheduling uh, on that web page. Okay, great. Thanks for that. So just just a couple of questions that we wanted that I, I posed to you before just to think about. Yeah. So from a, t a teaching perspective, we get asked lots of questions about what, what exactly is high energy, medium energy, low energy. Could you just give us yeah. your thoughts on, on, on that? And I think as well, you have a particular take on uh, whether you've copyrighted it or not, your, your nano energy perspective. Yeah. Can you just yeah. give, give some idea on that? Yeah, so it's not only an idea, it's, it's by definition, let's say. So over the shockwave now is 40 years and um, starting in kidney stone resolution, we had very, very high energy flux densities. And by definition, high energy 
is higher than 0.25 millijoule per square millimeter. This is high energy. Medium energy is in between 0.1 and 0.25 millijoule. And low energy is by definition lower than 0.1 millijoule. This is definition, this is no thought. So that's how things are. Sure. The issue is uh, this is easy for focused and it's hard for radial. And the issue is that um, the radial pressure waves are not necessarily um, easily physically translated in these energy levels, I would say. Uh, however, with some assumptions, one can say that two bars with a, uh, with a radial machine, with a standard steel applicator, correspond to point one, uh, point, uh, point 0.1 millijoule. So two bar is 0.1 millijoule, one bar is 0.05 millijoule, four bars would be 0.2 millijoule. So by definition, if you only do radial pressure waves, you can do low energy, point as lower than 0.1 millijoule so everything lower than two bars is low energy and if you treat in between 2.1 and five bars it's medium energy and by definition you will not uh, reach high high energy levels because you would have to have more than five bars Okay. And this is not clinically useful, you know. Right. Therefore, this is not a thing of ideas or thoughts. So this sure. is only physical dimensions and definitions. Okay. There is nothing to discuss about, you know. Okay. And then one can arrange everything. And I came up with an idea now, uh, now an idea last year that uh, there are a number of indications where you might even, or it might be worth separating the low energy field in another, uh, in two separate parts, so low energy on the one hand and nano energy, which is even lower than low energy on the on the far left hand. It is by definition 0.01 to 0.05 millijoule or 0.3 bar to 1.0 bar. This is all nano or nano energy, so lower than low. And there are a number of indications. For example, the first specificity paper in 96 was nano energetic. We have a lot of data in nerves on carpal tunnel, on cubital tunnel, who are nano energetic. We can treat children with nano energetic quite successfully. And um, the, so there are some indications where even on skin, where we might succeed with very very low energy so nano energy that's uh, that's a new idea and I by, by skin by skin do you mean aesthetics and wound healing yes. on the skin yeah aesthetics aesthetics not wound healing aesthetics. okay right yeah facial facial uh, aesthetics for example right okay fine that's that's excellent thanks Carsten. um so can you ask another common question we get when we're teaching is about the safety the safety profile of shockwave and yeah. i think the most important question we get asked is is it safe in children, in particular in, in, in and around growth plates for things like Osgood Slatters and Sever's disease? So uh, could you just give us uh, your ideas on that or not not ideas, ISMST indeed and contraindications? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so on the ISMST webpage, there are on the one hand the indications based on um, beginner, advanced and expert indications. And on the other hand, there are contraindications. What is important is that these indications, uh, let's say, uh, changed over time. 
So with more knowledge, with more studies, with more experience, we, uh, a, let's say, a indication 10 years ago, which might have been an expert indication, might become commonplace because of a lot of good data. So therefore, all the indications and the contraindications have to be seen in the light uh, of the of the year so this is actual in 2020 and in 2020 osco disease what you mentioned is a advanced indication for shockwave therapy um, based on all we know we have some studies there is one radio pressure wave study from heinz laura from frankfurt uh, i think five six years ago who did uh, radial pressure waves on oscochlata without any problems and clinically we uh, i myself did do uh, shock waves uh, even focused shock waves but with low to medium energy in oscochlata disease uh, since 10 years without any premature closure of the epiphyseal plate and therefore the let's say the fear that the that the growth plate might uh, be harmed um, was a theoretical one however this has not been been seen uh, clinically worldwide yet so it appears quite safe and quite successful, especially in the Oscar patients. I, in my view, even focused, you know. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, and, and the same holds true. Let's say if you if we talk on children, uh, we just performed a huge meta-analysis on all trials in spasticity, uh, and we included more than forty trials published uh, with more than one thousand one hundred patients, and there were there are three hundred children in i think five six trials with specificity and by definition if you have a child with specificity it is a severely ill patient because he has some cerebral palsy or stroke or whatever causing the specificity and there were no um uh, let's say adverse effects in these uh, children uh, with specificity so it appears a quite um safe uh, therapy even in children however sure if we only talk on radial pressure waves you might have to adjust your energy levels so i would do very very low energy nano for example and you might depending on the location you treat in a children um, you might have to adjust your applicators so you might not work with steel applicators but there are some soft tip applicators the atlas for example or other tools who which help you to make your radio pressure waves feeling much more comfortable for the patient sure okay um, our, our next question that actually we get asked a lot is 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 that historically shockwave has always been associated with chronic tendinopathies. That that's the big the big indication. Um, but there there seems to be, and I know you believe in this as well. There seems to be also a role for shockwave in in treating more acute injuries, um, less than three months by definition. Um, could you could you just talk us through your ideas on using shockwave in acute injury management? Uh, yeah, sure. So on the one hand, the the indications which I mentioned and why there is uh, the term chronic is that the majority of studies in the last 40 years have included patients with pain, with tendon pain, for example, longer than three months. Uh, 
and there were some early uh, reports and I just went through two, three books published around 2000 with the early experience on shockwaves, even in tendons. And there was one trial from Richard Thiele who died uh, three, four years ago, showing that acute cases were worse, acute meaning less than three months of pain in tennis elbow and in Achilles tendinopathy in 2000, 10, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. yeah, with different machines, they were worse than those patients who had more than three months of pain. So this is historically wise, one of the reasons why numerous studies were done mainly for chronic indications. Right. And there are not that much, if at all, studies on acute, let's say, Achilles tendinopathy. So there are no, I'm not aware of any, and we have more than 200 studies on Achilles tendinopathy. There is no single study, including patients with, let's say, one or two weeks of pain in Achilles tendinopathy. Right. You know? Yeah. So evidence-based wise, there is a clear difference. So we have no data on acute cases. Okay. On the other hand, mechanically wise, one can say, okay, if the tendon has a problem, um, and if if we talk on Achilles tendinopathy and the problem is, let's say, for one week, and I see in ultrasound the same pattern in an acute case of one week duration, like in another case who has four months of duration of pain. So he has some inflammation and so on. And in my personal point of view, I fully believe that in this, this case, the patient will still uh, be appropriate for shockwave treatment, although we have not that much evidence in that case, mm -hmm. because the tendon were the mechanisms involved in tendon healing in, uh, in shockwaves with stem cell activation, with maybe influence of neovascularization and so on, might happen even earlier. So I'm a, let's say, personal-wise, a full advocate of immediate treatments. However, evidence-based-wise, we have to say we do not have that much data supporting the acute uh, the acute use uh, of that uh, modality uh, in, in patients you know sure okay all right um just as an aside i, I know that you, you you teach mostly shockwave and I, I know that your clinic is full of some wonderful equipment over there but i, I storts have just released a a a, a version um of a PEMF machine which is a pulsed electromagnetic field therapy machine i know you were you you were in you were a part of the development of that technology for storts. Um, they call it the magnetolith. Could, could you just give us an idea about what that is and how how you think it might fit in a modern practice in, in supporting your treatments? Yeah. So, uh, in fact, the let's say the physical uh, modality it is using its kind of magnetic field, and it is there are physical marked differences to all the PEMF machines on the market. Mm -hmm. So pulsed electromagnetic field is not what magnetolith is. Right. So from the machine physical properties, there are marked differences in terms of oscillations of the pulse wave and so on. So, but over generally speaking, it is kind of a magnetic field therapy. It is a non-painful therapy. It is uh, working apparently by mechanotransduction, like shockwaves does it itself. However, not by acoustic waves like shockwaves. 
but by pulse magnetic fields, you know? Right. Um, so the, let's say the, the idea behind is that there are, there might be some receptors or some, um, let's say sensitivity in the, in tissues on that pulse magnetic fields. And I myself started working on these uh, machines in 2016. So 44 years ago. And um, we have some good ideas, mainly in the moment, for bones, for bone healing and for tendons. So these are the two tissues we are most interested in uh, using the magnetolith uh, in my practice in combination with the combined focus and radial shockwave. So I do it not as a standalone therapy, but as an additional therapy uh, in various, let's say, indications at the moment. Okay. I mean, because I was, I was looking at some of the research on, on the other PEMF devices, and it seems to be that quite a lot of the research is based upon arthritis, in particular knee arthritis. Um, I'll, be, I'll be posting, actually, I think, one of the bits of research that it tries to explain magnetic field therapy after this. But do you, do you see a role for it in arthritis as well, or mostly just bone fracture healing, or...? Well, when I say bone as a tissue, um, okay. there there is, let's say, osteoarthritis included, you know? Right, okay, fine. So, um, but we do not have yet uh, any study, and as you know, is to perform a, from the idea over IRB approval, execution of the trial and publication, this is five to seven years at best. Okay. just to give uh, the audience an idea of how long it will take to perform one trial. So there is a lot of work and a lot of, uh, let's say, time spent for, let's say, answering questions. And as of now, we do not have data on, on the EMTT, the electromagnetic transduction therapy on osteoarthritis. Uh, personally, um, I treated over the four, uh, last four years a number, um, of the three-digit number, of patients with various osteoarthritis and um, with very, very uh, encouraging results. So it might, there might be well a place in the future for that therapy, even in osteoarthritis. Okay, fine. And I think one of the advantages is that you don't, you don't need to remove clothes. It's very non-invasive, isn't it, as well? So that's quite helpful, I think, for a lot of patients. Right, yeah, right. You can, let's say, you you might do it um, with with the trousers on. However, the um, the current version, the magnetic field, uh, let's say, works better the closer it is to the tissue. You know, okay. and if you have five layers of uh, some uh, some anoraks in between, so the field strength in the tissue will be diminished. So okay. I would rather, let's say, this is not a huge issue. So and if you treat a knee, it should be a naked knee. Yeah, a naked oh, okay, knee, fine. In my view, in my view, so to to obtain the best. Uh, possible result, you know, sure. but it's a let's say a pleasant, a non-invasive, a let's say in between. It's like shockwaves with shock, so it's in between uh, four or eight minutes of uh, therapy duration, and um, it will, as a, at least in my practice, it uh, adds uh, quite significantly my my therapeutic range and let's say over the last 
week where I have that machine actually in place, uh, I did some 27 treatments in six days. So just to give you an idea of how frequent I use that machine. Okay. All right. Um, so going back to going back to some of, of the shockwave uh, uh, education that you do, if you, I do ask, I tend to ask everyone who's a guest on this. I don't think I asked Thomas last time I, I had him on, but um, would you? How would you rate certain conditions? If you had ideal patients coming in for treatment with shockwave, what would be your your favourite two or three conditions that you would treat with it that you think it's particularly excellent at? Uh, you mean indication-wise? Yes, indication-wise, and possibly, you know, the age of the patient and how long they've had the condition for. Are there, are there certain things that you've come around to treating where you think this is a perfect patient for Shockwave, this is exactly what I think is going to be a good result? Yeah, okay. So issue is, the problem is, the more you know, the harder it is. And, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, treating 50% uh, of my patients have Achilles tendinopathy. Okay. So I did some more than 15,000 closing injections in my life you know how many say that again 15 15 15000 closing injections wow so therefore you know i'm quite familiar with the achilles tendon yes but the more i know the less and the more i know about let's say contributing factors overload issues training errors uh, footage uh, geometry, uh, cholesterol, and so on, which might somehow harm or somehow reduce my efficacy of shockwaves. You know? Yeah. Therefore, I would put it this way. In painful tendons for more than three months, this is a very potent machine. However, shockwave alone will not necessarily help in every tendinopathy so you will have to have eccentric training you will have to have loading and so on sure. in bone let's say in bones stress fractures for example i see and this is supported by a number of studies significant improvement and a faster return to play if you do shockwaves in contrast to stent treatment in stress fractures so there I see a full, let's say, a full effect of focus shockwave because for the bone you need high energy. Sure. So uh, for stress fractures. And would you include Would you include shin splints with that medial tibial stress syndrome? Uh, right. However, it's not a. Uh, it's in the moment an advanced indication. However, uh, as of yesterday, I had a, a female runner, and my current uh, treatment is uh, focus shockwave and. The magnetic field for shin splints so i do the combination mm -hmm. and beforehand i beforehand i do only i did only uh, shockwave however still shin splint is like a tendinopathy an issue of uh, load overload and recovery so as long as training hours persist shockwave alone will not solve the problem uh, sure 100 uh, percent you know and that, that is, it is it is becoming unfortunately a little bit like that when we teach is everyone the, te the tendency in the fashion is to get the machine and put it on the saw bit and then hope for the best, which then, of course, yeah, means that results are not great. You know, it's the same with, with eccentric training only. So you, yeah, yeah. You, will, you will make a difference, a significant difference, after, let's say, three months of eccentric training, every day, 
the proper repetition, 90 repetitions, you will end up with some 50% less pain. This is what you can expect after three months. Yeah. You know, not more, not less. So, and it's always very important to have an idea of the efficacy and of the amount of, let's say, improvement of pain. And do not believe binary one pain yes or no so you will have an improvement but maybe you will not fix everything with the machine alone or with eccentrics alone that's what i fully believe on sure okay and i think i, I think that uh, most of the questions there i've answered is there anything else that you'd want to say about shockwave or the magnetolith or anything else for that matter I would uh, I would just point it this way. I started myself uh, using the machines 15 years ago on tendons and on skin and wounds and so on. Mm -hmm. And over and I couldn't expect what shockwave, uh, let's say, or how shockwaves help my life, both in a social, both in a familiar, institutional, and way and in my personal practice way. So in the end, I'm doing 50% of my reimbursement is shockwave. So I cannot overrate it, it enough that for me, shockwave, let's say, saved my, saved my life and my- <laughs> It certainly, uh, saved, your, it certainly saved your knee, didn't it, I think? It helped with your knee recovery. Educationally wise and even spiritual wise. And you will see in the future, that coming from tendons and bones where we are uh, or where we have been yeah that skin is coming that nerves are coming that the brain uh, is coming that the muscle is coming that several other indications uh, are coming uh, into uh, into daily pr practice in the next five ten years where someone would not expect four or five years ago so sure. the the future in my view although it's 40 years already uh, is very bright it hasn't been brighter than than today in my view in shockwaves oh, yeah. no no wonder the ismst have made you head of communication carsten it's, it's been very it's been really good um, I paid for them. No, yeah. no. <laughs> um one of when i saw you in london teach at the end of last year yeah. you had some excellent slides is there is there a potential for you to pop a few slides over to put in our notes afterwards yeah so Partic would, particularly uh, that that one that i like i've never seen before which is the one the graph you have where you've split high medium low and nano energy and the indications yeah. on it that's a nice one that you will get it and it's worth for the audience to have a look on it. That's sure. supporting what I said and thinking about it. And in my view, these, uh, the energy, let's say the energy issue is a big issue because it helps quite a lot, especially if you are dealing with different uh, customers or therapeutics with different machines, radio and focused, and yep. just to have a common language. And energy-wise, you can really... Uh, compare different machines much more easier than beforehand yeah sure okay great all right um i think carsten i think that that's everything that i wanted to ask you and i'll i'll chase you again over the next year to try and get you back on but i know i need to give you at least three months notice because you're so busy but thank 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 you very much for coming thank on corona, thank corona i'm not traveling anymore so <laughs> yeah that's the reason isn't it that's the reason you're stuck in your clinic Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Carsten. I'll bid you farewell. Thank you.
Cheers. It's been a pleasure. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao.